Welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we are unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Crystal Roberts, and together with Trisha Ryan, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we're exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Trisha. I'm so excited to be back here with you. I am too, and I'm just loving the fact that we are enjoying nice weather. I know. I think it's tricking me into thinking it's summer, though. I, it it really totally is <laughs> tricking me into that because I what, was it three days ago? I was wearing <laughs> two pairs of socks and sweats yeah. and a sweatshirt, and I was cold. Yeah. And today it's supposed to be what almost ninety degrees or something, or eighty something degrees. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, and I love the sunshine. I have not seen like blue sky and seems like a long time so yay that's fills our soul doesn't it to see that warmth feel the warmth and see the sunshine yeah get our vitamin d just changes your whole perspective for any of those people listening or any of you listening out there in listener world um don't know that we are in the pacific northwest so we're up in washington state where we get a lot of rain and we get a lot of gray days and we get a lot of overcast days but they're always good days. They yep. really are, you know, and I noticed so much I, beauty. Yeah. And since I've been here, I've noticed that people don't complain really that much about the weather. They, they look forward to the next cool thing. Yeah. So when it's really dry and hot, they don't really complain about that too much because we don't get it all the time. But the minute it rains, you see people's energy perk up because it rained, you know, we got the earth got cleansed. I mean, it's just amazing how, and when the weather gets a little crisper or when it gets really warm, it's like everybody enjoys all the difference that our weather brings. Right. And I, I've never lived anywhere where it was so obvious to me that people enjoy anything. If I've never been anywhere where people go out in the rain and act like it's not raining. (laughs) <laughs> you know, in shorts and sandals and, yeah. you know, maybe a little jacket, you know, I'm thinking I'm in my raincoat with my, with my galoshes and my umbrella, you know? Yeah. I'm the only one. Uh Oh, you use an umbrella. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I'm not going to ever show it to Pacific you. true Pacific Northwesterner never uses an umbrella. Well, I should know this anyway, because I used to live in San Francisco, where if you yeah. were, if you use an umbrella in the rain, you are asking for it, because the wind yeah. always comes with the rain, and I have seen more, and I've experienced more umbrellas that get popped up. Yeah, inside out. Yep. Yep. I, yep. I lived that for too many years. <laughs> so I have another reason to be happy today. Yes. So um, Chance is coming home. <gasps> Yay. Yay. Our technical advisor. Yes, our ah. technical advisor. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. So you know? he and his dad are, as we're talking, uh, making their way across the United States to home. I'm just so excited that Chance is coming back. I know he brings a certain energy to the room and to the yeah. to the world around him. And so I'm I'm really happy about that. And I think it's gonna be a wonderful summer. Yeah, it's gonna be a great summer. Um and we're gonna put him to work, I think, a little bit. <laughs> we're yes, gonna we get are. some cameras <laughs> and uh some 
monitors in here. We so. are updating Lifting Leaders podcast, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah, so look for that over the summer. We will be adding some video. So we are mining gems again today, right? This is our day to unpack a little bit of what we learned yeah. through our interview with Glodine Champion last yeah. week. And I'm excited to do this because actually we, we've touched on a topic that we didn't say the term while we were interviewing her, but through her stories, it seemed very clear that this is a great topic to talk about, and that's belonging, right? Yes. And when we're talking about, you know, equity and diversity inclusion, and belonging is a huge piece of everything. And it, it, it goes across equity lines, really. I mean, yeah. it goes, it, it, and inclusion, right? It is everything. It's everything around us. Belonging is something that any person on our earth probably has either had a feeling about at some point or has known somebody who has, you know? And so I think it's great that we're talking about this particular one, especially when it comes to business, because yeah. right now, it's starting to get focus. I would not say it has always had focus, but I'm starting to hear rumblings of it around. And I'm thinking that this is a good time for us to talk about it. Yeah. But what, what popped out for me, and the reason why I, I thought this would be a really good topic today is that Glodine was talking to us about, she was telling us a story last time, and I hope if you didn't get to hear her her episode, if you'll go back and listen to it, because she had some pretty decent gems in that one. I, I really enjoyed our oh, session with amazing. her. amazing. Yeah. So much good stuff. Yeah. And, and so many good feelings. Oh my gosh. So go back and listen, even just for that. So yeah, I loved her whole, her whole talk about love. Yeah. Yes. And in fact, I could go on and on about, you know, there's something about Glodine Champion and I've, I've been trying for a year and a half to figure out you know, what is it that makes her so inviting, makes her the kind of person that I have to listen to, or I have to read about, or I have to, you know, yeah. watch her journey. And, and I'm not usually somebody who tags onto somebody like that, but she's got a charisma and she has this, this, she's like a magnetic personality. Yeah. She's got this amazing just vibe about her that has energy with love. And, yes. you know, no wonder she landed on love, right? Yeah. Because it is her. It really yeah. is to me. That is Glodine. That, if I'm talking about authenticity, that woman is authentically love. And yeah. I am, I'm just so thrilled that you and I know her. Yeah, you know, me too. She's just an amazing woman. And we only know her because of LinkedIn. So yeah. thanks to LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's, let's do talk about belonging. Um, We've been we've had a couple of occasions lately when we've looked at articles from from Center for Creative Leadership, and generally we we land on topics from other um, sources as well. But they're on a roll right now. They and, are, and they've been touching on topics that actually are things that we find to be very timely and on point with things that we're talking about anyway. So and research based, which I always love. Absolutely. So we know from our just a couple of years of experience, <laughs> just <laughs> just a, just a few, um, what has worked in our careers. Mm -hmm. But it's always nice when we actually see, oh, this is super research based. They've talked to a lot of yes. people. They've and it resonates also with our lived experience. Yeah, I am all about evidence based anything, yeah. right? And if you look at healthcare. Everything for them has to be evidence-based, yeah. right? And so um, same thing goes here. 
You know, I think for leaders out there who haven't really ever thought about that, think about, you know, where have you seen it before? Or go look it up and find out where it's been, something's been done before, something's been utilized before. Because when you have evidence to back up what you're thinking or what you are interested in, it gives it a lot more credibility when you're trying to sell the value of it. Yeah. You know, so here we go, right? They did an article and it's called Create Better Culture, Build Belonging at Work. And this article, I'm not quite sure what the date was that it came out, but... um, It's recent for sure. Absolutely recent. It just, I just saw it in my inbox the other day. But it really is talking about some of the things that questions you need to ask yourself about belonging and as a leader steps that you can take to um, ensure that the people around you on your team all have that sense of trust and belonging and so we're going to unpack it a little bit right yeah Uh, I I think one of the uh, most important things sort of just set a little foundation here is what do they think belonging actually means perfect and they describe it as the belief that we are connected, supported, and respected. And they make the point that it, it is a basic human need. And we know that there's actually neuroscience behind that yes. as well. It is one of those things that we know in order to thrive, we need to belong. Yes, and you know, it's also a critical component in creating that culture of EDI, right? If you are focusing on equity, diversity, and inclusion, and you don't consider belonging, then I'm not really sure how that works because inclusion is about belonging in a way. I mean, it's this, it's a foundational element of belonging. So, um, I, that's, I think really an important standout and, you know, it leads to, it paves the way according to them to, um, and I believe it, uh, to greater performance, innovation, satisfaction, and persistence through challenges. So people who belong are better able to navigate through all sorts of challenges, whether they're positive or negative. It's it's kind of sparks resilience and all sorts of things, right? Yeah, I think what's interesting too is you know in in you know many years ago when they talked about just diversity, it was really more about kind of the numbers and bringing people in your organization. And we certainly have seen this shift in the last few years about what does actually belonging mean, because that's where you actually get um, the real, as they were just talking about here, this is where we get the real juice around it. Mm-hmm. So performance, innovation, satisfaction, and persistence through challenges. So yes, it is a good thing to do. Uh, we want to treat people with respect and there's actually a positive benefit to the business as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think about businesses and, you know, how important that is for so, on so many levels. I mean, everything we touch on that's important or, or our leaders say is important, like engagement, right? And bottom line results, it all absolutely requires belonging. Yeah. You know, people who don't belong are not as invested, People who don't feel that they belong are not going to put themselves out and, you know, and go the extra mile and do things that, that take a business over the top. 
They yeah. just won't, right? Yeah. And so it's it's just critically important. They said something about, you know, belonging in the workplace involves answering multiple questions. And so they, they offer up some questions that are pretty foundational and yeah. easy to ask yourself and basically inquire with others, right? So like, can I connect with my peers professionally or socially? Yeah. Which is important. Mm -hmm. Belonging is not just about work, yeah. right? Yeah. Do I trust my peers? Do I trust my supervisor? Do I trust my leaders? Yeah. Do I feel like my unique perspective and experiences are valued? Mm. Yes. So important. Am I able to share my authentic self? Mm. And we're going to talk more about this, but that is so important. And oftentimes we get stuck, and I know I have, in trying to fit in, just trying to fit in rather than being feeling like I'm accepted for who I am as my authentic self. Mm. Yeah. And the last question was, um, am I free from worries about fitting in? And it makes me think about this is not something that happens to adults. You know, it starts somewhere. And so when somebody worries about whether they belong, if you're a new person coming into a business, you know, or into any job, you probably have that, that feeling a little bit anyway, because, you know, will I fit in? Will I like my coworkers? Will I be able to make it? Are my skills good enough? I mean, all those kinds of things come up, you know, when people come in, if they're not just totally confident about everything, right? Yeah. But I'd say most of us have moments like that. And a lot of people, and I'm one of them actually, come from childhood that way. Yeah. You know, I, I was raised in the military. I think I've told you that before. Yeah. And we moved every year when I was younger. We moved every year. And every year was an exercise in going to a new school, learning to the names of all these new people, making new friends with the intention of letting them go in 11 months. Yeah. And it was like that constant learning you get to be really resilient when you do that and you become a, an expert at change because you live it every your whole life but that sense of belonging is um it's not something that comes easily and in fact i'd have to say when i was an adult i i didn't even know what a friendship more than a year was until i was into my adulthood yeah. You know, and I just never even knew how to do that. It was like a year would come by and I'd let them go and it was be, okay, we're good. Let's move on. And I used to move that often for a long time after my dad got out of the service. And when mm. I moved away from home every year, I would move just because it was my pattern. Right. right. Yeah. But it wasn't until I settled in someplace for more than five minutes that I realized that you have to belong somehow. And I had to test that. I'm not an expert at this, but I'm not alone either. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we can all point to moments in our childhood where, and of course, later in life, but it starts there, right? Where mm -hmm. we weren't picked for whatever. We didn't invite to the birthday party or, you know, on the sports team, we didn't get accepted or an invitation to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. All of those things where we don't feel like we belong. So yeah. I think this is a feeling that is common, right? We can all relate to it. Absolutely. So the article goes on and talks about the value of belonging at work. Their research suggests that in the workplace, belonging and uncertainty about belonging both matter. They both matter. Yeah. Right. And it influences everything. And we talked a little bit about engagement, but job satisfaction 
that is monumental. Yeah. Why would you keep coming back, right? I ask that question of people all the time. <clears throat> what brought you here and what keeps you coming back? Yeah. Because it's important. Something brought you here, right? Something attracted you. Yeah. What keeps you coming back? If you don't feel like you belong, I don't know why you would keep coming back, right? Self-esteem to performance and well-being are all things that are influenced by whether you feel like you belong or you don't belong, right? Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too. They said researchers found that employee perceptions of inclusion, belonging, uncertainty, and belonging at work were the strongest predictors of turnover intentions, burnout, which we just spent a bunch of time talking about in the podcast a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and work-life balance. Mm. Yeah. So another really interesting thing was they said building connection and belonging with other participants was also highlighted as one of the most valuable outcomes of engaging in leadership development training. And we certainly have experienced that. We've uh, been a part of programs where there isn't that opportunity for people to connect. And what do they get out of it? Not much. And when they have an opportunity to connect and build relationships with those people that are in a cohort for learning and development, the insights and the learning and the sort of stickiness mm -hmm. of the learning is just off the charts. You know, I... I love that you just said that because right now I think we're kind of in this weird limbo-y area. You know, over the pandemic, any kind of training that went on took place at a flat screen, right? It was all online. And for some people that was terribly disengaging because people like me who have that need for a touch point, being able to see the person in front of me and knowing that it's more 3D, you know, that, mm -hmm. that less less than that is is really... Um, I lose a lot in translation, I guess, but it's continuing because we have a lot of people who are still working from home or continuing or going to work from home forever, right? Yeah. And they don't plan to come into training. And a lot of businesses are not doing, you know, in-person training right now or maybe ever again. Yeah. And there's so much missed by not having the connection. There's something about sitting in a room with a bunch of other people and batting around ideas and pinging off each other. It's hard to ping when your your you know sound on your computer you know may cancel out somebody's voice or something. It's just it's just too technical and it doesn't really enable you to feel like you belong to anything except the screen. So I actually very. Um, on that and just because of my recent experience with that and <laughs> I really do believe there is magic in bringing people together in person for sure mm -hmm. and we've been able to create an amazing amount of community mm. over that but the key is a small group so anything yes. over about eight to ten you lose it you have people who turn their camera off mm -hmm. they're doing email but if you can, if everybody can see everybody and you're constantly engaging them and having a conversation, you can win their hearts and they can create that connection. Mm -hmm. Lots of opportunities for them to go into breakout rooms, talk to each other. So that's, that's the important piece to that for me. And I think actually a recent client really nailed it where they have an in-person launch. So you have mm -hmm. that magic of idea. the, in, of mm -hmm. the you know, 3D, and then you go online. 
So that seems to work really, really effectively because you've built those relationships and then you go virtual. And this time we're going to actually try it as the closing to be in person as well. So I I think that will be fun. I like that a lot. And I have to concede, you're absolutely right. I'm in my head, what I probably should have qualified that. I was thinking in terms of what I've experienced probably in the last year, um, most of these experiences for leadership development or any kind of development that I've been involved in have been in groups of like 50 to Mm. 100 people. And I completely disengage. When there are that many, all I see are little dots on the screen. And when they come up, they're number one, they're their picture's way smaller because there are so many things on the screen by then with PowerPoint and everything else that I... I have no connection. And I don't even feel, even if I know half the people in the room, yeah. I don't feel like I'm connected to them at yeah. all. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And the problem with that is I don't usually remember a lot about what I learned either. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not And I think that's what they're saying here. Yeah. yeah. Is that the more connection yes. you have, the more impact the the training has as well, which I think is kind of incredible to make that link together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that and that takes us right into the impact of uncertainty about belonging in the workplace. And that that's something that's note worth noting because there are a lot of people that don't feel like they belong right now. Yes. We have all that quiet quitting that went on for reasons. It wasn't just that, you know, conditions weren't great. It might have been the conditions were fabulous, but they might not have felt like they were part of it. Yeah. Um it might be that it could have been the leader. We've always maintained that people usually leave their leader, but we can't say that anymore because this, you know, that's why we have a podcast. Things are not the same as they used to be, and we need to look at what's going on in the future. And I don't think people are leaving because of their boss so much anymore. I think they're leaving because they don't feel that connection or that, mm-hmm. you know, that it doesn't really resonate with them. They didn't take the job maybe to feel the way they feel. Yeah. You know. Well, I think you bring up a, a really interesting point. It is definitely the leader's accountability to make sure that people belong. Yes. But they can't do it alone. No. The team has to also make sure that they're creating an environment where people belong and feel that they belong. You know, we just we just interviewed someone recently who was talking about um, people who are going through like burnout and stuff and how peer yes. um, interactions yeah. are really important. And I think that that also kind of instills that feeling of belonging. And definitely because you can identify with someone who's at the same you know, eye level, if you will, you know, and that's important. It's Mm -hmm. really important. And to your point, it is, it's not just the leader, but it is very much the leader who needs to keep that on the radar. And um, And, that's, that's what this is all about, really. It's just, you know, raising your awareness and making sure that you don't let it slip through the cracks. So I think the other point that they make here around belonging and certainty is that as leaders and team members, we need to recognize that belonging uncertainty is especially common if employees have a social identity that includes historically underestimated groups. And they quote Dr. Stephanie Warmington saying, if you're walking around feeling weighed down all the time, it's hard to engage fully, think creatively, or bringing your full self to your work. So the weightiness comes from 
carrying around what she calls a backpack that they can never mm. set down. And these employees may experience isolation, tokenism, and pressure to assimilate. Yeah, there are so many downsides to belonging uncertainty, I think, you know, and, and I don't think we realize that it's so prevalent, but I think it's really, there's a lot of it out there. And one of the things that's an indicator, I think, is when you look at, they, they also talk about how belonging uncertainty often leads people to hide aspects of themselves or do not yeah. put their whole selves out there. And I don't know if you can recognize it, but I notice that when people yeah. are not bringing themselves to the table, you know, or we're, we're in a situation and I see people with their arms crossed and they're not quite there or not speaking up at all and letting everybody else do the talking. And that tells me that somebody is, is I used to just call it not engaged, yeah. but it's not that simple. It's much yeah. deeper than that. They may not be feeling like they belong there. And if I don't think about that, um, I'm not doing the right thing to make sure that I'm bringing that out in somebody. You know, I don't want to call someone out, and they do talk about this in here, about what, what to do and what not to do. And one of the not, what not to do is, is don't call somebody out to make sure that they participate. You yeah. know, when you're in a team meeting and you want everybody to participate, don't expect it. You know, don't expect that everybody's going to feel comfortable. You know, we used to say that that was something that introverts and extroverts, right? You, mm -hmm. you could tell your difference. And that's really deceiving as well. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about how a person feels when mm -hmm. they're in that situation, right? Yeah. How do we provide that psychological safety? How do mm -hmm. we provide that space, the silence, so that people do feel that they can actually jump in and talk? I know that's a, a common thing that I used to experience quite a bit when I was in corporate is everyone would talk, 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 and there would be no opportunity for people who may be more of an internal processor mm -hmm. to actually speak up. And it's not my nature to talk over the top of somebody and have to be louder so that I can get my idea out there. That for me is did not provide opportunities for me to feel like I belonged. That, yeah. oh, such a good, this is, this is so good that we're talking about this. And one of the reasons I think that is that some of the things that we make a lot of assumptions about was, you know, internal processing, external processing, introvert, extrovert, um, you know, uh, shy, whatever you want to call it, right? But people put a label on that. And without doing another peeling another layer of the onion, yeah. right? If they were to peel enough of that onion that they got down to the reason why somebody isn't, isn't, you know, participating or isn't um, showing up as their authentic self yeah. sometimes, they might find that it has everything to do with whether they feel like they belong, yeah. whether they're made to feel like they belong. Yeah. Because it's not up to them necessarily to, to, do the work to be long. I mean, you can't expect a new team member to do all the work to become a, a viable member of a team. Right. The team has to do the work. To, yeah, to welcome know. them in. Yes. Yeah. And, and to show them what they, you know, the norms, the group norms, and to, and to, you know, maybe even make up some new group norms once the new person is in there. Absolutely. Just embrace that, right? Yeah, yeah. So they give... Um, some tips mm -hmm. of how to create a sense of belonging in the workplace. So 
the first one is create intentional opportunities for connection. And this is both, they talk about it both from a workplace perspective, but also opportunities for people to socialize. Mm -hmm. And we definitely don't want to force people into doing, you know, after work drinks or something like that. You can offer opportunities just during the workday, coming together for a pizza party at lunch, those sort of things still connect people on a social level. One of the things they say in here that I thought was brilliant and called it right out is don't have um, a yearly or an annual meeting and expect that people are going to come together and feel like they belong because there's no camaraderie that's built. There's nothing, there's no real um, sense of networking when you do something once a year or when you do it even once a quarter can be, um, if you work in a, a group where your people interact a lot, for them to only come together once once a quarter or once a year, it's not enough often. They don't get to know each other at all. And so it's hard to feel like you belong when people are holding on to their own agendas, basically, right? And you yeah. you get to unpack that a lot when you do things more often. Yeah. So maybe it's, you know, weekly or monthly or something like that where, and it doesn't always have to be a staff meeting. Like to your point, yeah. it could be something like maybe it's lunch. Yeah. Have everybody come to make, do a lunch and learn, bring everybody together. I mean, just there are all sorts of things you could come up with that would bring your team together and get people to interact with one another on one level so that... Yeah they start to feel like they do belong, right? Yeah. I think it's also important to just uh, think about it from a, almost a daily interaction perspective mm-hmm. too. So those, those little things yes. like saying hello to people in the morning, those kinds of things. And then I love the Brene Brown two-word check-in. I think I use that a lot almost in every meeting. I do Just too. to get a sense of how people are arriving mm-hmm. and that gives you a chance to actually recognize that not everybody's having a great day. And while you don't want to necessarily unpack it all at that point, you can give space for that. And it also takes away some of the assumptions that people are making because of how people are showing up. We don't, we're not making excuses. We're just giving people space to express what's going on for them. One of the other advantages to doing a two word check-in is that when everybody's asked to do that, that puts everybody on the same playing field in a way. And so they're all stopping whatever they're thinking about, everything that's going on in their head, everything that's sitting on their shoulders goes away for a few minutes so that they can come up with the two words, right? Yeah. And the nice thing is, is it's sort of, it's centering. Yeah. It's centering because everybody's had to do the same thing. I don't know very many people who come to a meeting already knowing their two words and they just throw it right out there. It's like, wow. Most people say, oh, let's see. Um, you know, and you get a little bit of that. Well, everybody does that. So if you didn't feel like you belong before you belong with everybody else who's going, um, (laughs) (laughs) right. How am I showing up a little self-reflection? That's true. Yeah. Um, they often talk about, um, flipping the script on uncertainty and failure, which I thought that was interesting because I, I really don't think much about, um, I guess you can. I I hadn't really thought much about belonging, uncertainty, and failure. Mm -hmm. But it may be that, you know, that fear of failure, the fear that you aren't going to connect or you're not going to be successful with someone or whatever. 
I think it's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> you know, is it misery loves company? Oh, <laughs> wow. I don't think that's exactly what they're getting yeah. at, but that's what came no. to mind. I thought, yeah. oh, sometimes when we, uh, you know, are vulnerable and share kind of what's going on for us around things that aren't going great, you know, that sort of, we don't have to be perfect. That is a connection point because people, it is. everybody has had that experience. And that's, that's sort of what this article is talking about. It's like, you know, everybody has had something in their lives that did not go well, that went south, right? And so it's really helpful when people are trying to figure out, you know, make, you don't know if everybody feels like they belong or not. Everybody in the room may feel that they don't, but if they're able to like start talking about a time and they even suggest maybe somebody who's more seasoned, who's been in business for a long time, being vulnerable enough to talk about a time when they just totally just tanked it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and how it made them feel and what they had to do and how they bounced back, but what, yeah. what it took to do that. Yeah. And that can be, that's that heart touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that we've talked about many times with respect to vulnerability in a leader. Well, peer to peer, you know, doesn't matter whether we believe, we do believe everyone's a leader, but at the lowest levels of leadership, peer to peer like that, having somebody talk about a failure that they've had and how, you know, it's something they think about every time they open the door, you know, or something like that, then it, it allows that heart touch that is so needed for somebody to feel like they belong. Yeah. I think the, the one caveat for me on this, and I am a, I believe this is really true, the, the whole piece about vulnerability and connection. Mm-hmm. And we want to recognize that there are populations, like we were talking about, yes. where it is a much higher risk to do this. Yes. And so we also want to honor that as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, there are uh, populations that have grown up with that sense that, you know, if you fail, that's okay. You know, you're going to anyway, because that's what we do. We fail. And or if you're not going to belong, you don't belong. You never have belonged. So if you think you're going to belong, good luck to you. Yeah. And so there are people who grow up that way and they that's their reality in their world. And so it's probably, it's like walking into a different country without knowing the language to go into a business that wants to encourage belonging, especially if you've never known it. You know, you need to have a point of reference. And if that's your first one, you're going to be, you're probably not going to trust very much for a yeah. while. Right. Yeah, and that's okay. We got to build build those opportunities to to trust. Absolutely. Um, and then I would say the other one that I hear commonly is that if you fail, you're failing for your whole group that you represent. <laughs> yes. Right. So that's a lot of pressure. It is a ton of pressure. Yeah. So we hold this we hold this space um, with reverence, and we hold it. Mm -hmm. Uh, with grace so the third one is show humility Mm -hmm. by not assuming others experiences yes and i think that's just kind of what we were just talking about there yeah i do too yeah but i also think it it makes the point about not saying things like oh i know exactly how you feel 
I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to just use the H word. I hate it when people say that because how could you possibly? Yeah. You're not in my skin, yeah. right? You are not in my world. You've not had my same experiences. And how could you possibly know exactly what I'm going through? So our, our role as a, as a leader is to show up or as a peer mm-hmm. is to show up with empathy, but not, not to assume that we understand everything about that experience. And for sure, we don't want to talk people out of their own experience. Yeah. So, oh, that, that didn't happen to you. Or uh, you shouldn't feel bad because whatever. Yeah, they, it's like, let people have their moment. Yeah, it's, um, they call it like invalidating or downplaying others in a sense. You know, it's yeah. kind of like what they say isn't, that's, that's not really that big a deal. And yeah. it is. For some people, everybody's got a different experience in life, right? Yeah. And so for me, something like that might have been monumental. For you, it might not have been monumental or vice versa, right? Yeah. But for me to assume that something's not important to you is just not right. Yeah. And that's that's one of those things that, that absolutely solidifies that feeling of, of, you know, not belonging. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and they certainly don't don't move on to try and fix it. Mm. Oh, <laughs> and assume yeah. that you know the answer. So, our job is to just be be witness and get curious. You can ask questions and provide support. Yeah, it really does stress in this article that being a good listener, just giving space and letting people share what they want to share when they want to share it, but you know, not not pushing it, not forcing it. Yeah, right? yeah. So. We'll, we'll get past this article. There's a little bit more in it, but I think we've got some other tools that come from with this. It's like a, a we're going to put this in our show notes, but these are like companion pieces and um, we love them. One is the conversation guide. They call it belonging conversation guide. And it offers like 10 different ways you could start a conversation or, or, you know, have a conversation with somebody, here's 10 different ways to approach it. And then they have some tips on, on one side of the page. But, um, Crystal and I picked out, each of us picked out two that we, we thought really kind of resonated with us. And so Crystal, what was your first one? My first one was, what's the most psychologically safe environment you've ever worked in? What does it look like when colleagues or leaders communicate that your perspectives are valued. And I love getting a common definition like that for your team so that everybody knows what, what you're talking about when you actually say belonging. Yes. Oh yeah. So important. Okay. I, I picked, um, my first one was just simple. Um, how can we as a team create opportunities to express our gratitude for one another more regularly? Um, to me, it's just so important to not make that an event. You know, I think recognition should be part of our everyday language. And, you know, some people think that that makes you fluffy and that you're not, you know, why take you seriously when you say thank you for everything? But why not say thank you for everything? Because, everything that we're getting from someone else is a gift. Yeah. Everybody has a choice on what they can share. And if they're sharing something with me, it's a gift. So to say thank you for that shouldn't be belittled. They, yeah. They put themselves out for that, right? Yeah. And my second one that I'll share is think about a time when you've been able to bring your whole authentic self mm. to a task 
and this is the one I really like, how has that changed the outcome? Wow. Because we know it does. And so I think sometimes talking about that helps us to deepen that understanding and sort of make the case for the rest of the team. Mm, So true. You know, and one of the things that's just a little um, tip for leaders is the way that was worded, you know, they use the word how, and you'll find that throughout this conversation guide, but how is a key word, you know, what and how are the two coolest words when it comes to having a conversation, because they really require that you unpack something or that you give an info, you give a a response that is more than a yes or a no. Yeah. Right. It's kind of hard to say, how did you da da da? Yes. (laughs) You know, yeah. It doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. And my second one is on your team and in our organization, how do you see us responding to failure? Do you think we tend to focus more on mistakes or on the lessons we've learned from those mistakes? And I think that's a that's a really good question to ask people because they don't often feel that way. And maybe to bring the question up sparks conversation about what it should look like. Um, you know, it's that, it's that, you know, what did we learn along the way and how is that going to inform the way we go forward? Um, that's a conversation that everybody could probably dig into. And it, I don't know, for me, it would make me feel like, my leader cared about whether or not I, you know, m- the mistake I made was not going to be necessarily something that walked me to the door and, and made me give my badge over, right? Yeah. It's, it's something that it's okay to make a mistake. You don't have to make them every single minute of every day. We don't want to see that. But certainly when you make one, you shouldn't be totally lambasted. You should be, you know, you should probably be, you know, talked. You should have a conversation about, Okay, so what happened and what, you know, what did that look like and how do we go past that? But as a team to talk about that, that could set new norms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, so the last piece, the last resource we have is something they've had in a couple of their other um, things that we've used and we love, and it's the five-day belonging challenge. And I love a challenge, right? So this has got Monday through Friday. There's a challenge every day. And so we're just going to like quickly whip through them, but Crystal's going to start with Monday. (laughs) All right, Monday. That's today if you're listening to it on our first day. Make connection consistent. Mm. Yeah, create ongoing opportunities for people to connect with one another. Mm. Set aside time in every team or development meeting to acknowledge achievements. So it's that daily practice. Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday is try to lift the load. So, um, you know, keeping in mind other people's work, your own workplace and um, people's workload. Uh, Some team members are carrying the weight of stereotypes and subtle messages about who can and can't be successful while others are free of those burdens and keeping that in mind is important so wednesday wednesday right and it's w-r-i-t-e right Mm -hmm. your wrongs ah that's good (laughs) so they were talking about actually making it like a resume of your failures really making sure that others can see and that helps normalize failure. They can see what your failure is as well. Awesome. 
Yeah. Think before you speak. Listen from a place of respect and don't make assumptions. Allow for some wait time and practice speaking less and listening more. Yeah. I want to go back to Wednesday for just a second. Sure. I think the kicker on those is not just about sharing your mistakes, but it's also what you learned from that. So it's the learning mm. from the setbacks that most of your really important learning, if we think back, I think most of us could say that's true. Our biggest lessons in life have come from hard times when we've failed or made a mistake. And so that's what we're trying to make that connection to. It's not just about it's okay to make mistakes, but it's like, how do we learn from them? Right. Sorry, I wanted to just clarify that. Glad you went back to it. Yeah. All right. And then Friday, focus on individuals. Your team may work well together overall, but challenge yourself to dig a little deeper. Are there some people that are holding back? Mm. And if you notice some members can't speak up in meetings, consider whether all individuals are consistently getting the message that they belong on the team Mm. and in the organization. So important. Yeah. So checking in, checking in. How's it going? What's going on? Why I noticed that you're quiet in these meetings. Is there something we can do to support you to feel more belonging? Right. Keeping in mind that they may say there's nothing wrong with those meetings and they do feel like they belong or they just don't, you know, because we do have folks who they process internally and they don't really want to, to speak out all the time. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But, but at least find out, right? Right. right? You might find they may actually speak up more because they feel like they belong. And I just wanted to also make the point that why this is so important to us too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the podcast is it's really key and fundamental to making a better world. We do believe that we want to hear every voice. We want to help, people bring all of their authentic self to work because we need all those innovative ideas and creative ideas. And they're going to be different from each individual. We want to open the door for every individual to feel like they belong and that they can contribute at that level because we have such big challenges in this world. We need everybody to help solve them. That is absolutely right. In fact, you, you, you stole my words. I oh, was going to no. say, no, no, it's okay. I was going <laughs> to say, you know, the critical challenges that are coming up in there, we're in them right now and yeah. they're going to continue. And so we want everybody to feel that they can contribute whole, their whole selves, yeah. you know, into this process. We need that more than anything now. And so thank you for saying that, Crystal. That was really cool. So we've got one thing that we have to to touch on real quick before we end this podcast episode today, and that is that VUCA Vanquished is just around the corner. We have next Friday, we're going to be launching VUCA Vanquished. Yeah, and I'm so excited about this. And we want people to come. I know. Yeah. Go to our website, go to Working With Us Workshops, and click on that you want to attend. It's super easy to get signed up. It's free. And... We're going to share a little information. We're going to have some fun and you'll get an opportunity to connect with some new people. And we love that. And you'll get a chance to um, practice belonging. Yeah. In a really cool, real way. And so we look forward to seeing you there. We hope we hope you show up. We would love to have an opportunity to see some of the people who get to hear our podcast. So yeah. thank you so much. This was good. I'm glad that we did this. 
Yeah. So let's keep the conversation going. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. We have so many exceptional podcast episodes coming up more with fantastic guests. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcast or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, or to get the links to these amazing resources, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leader coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Welcome home. Yeah, welcome (laughs) home. Finally, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Thank you, Trisha, for co-hosting, of course. Thank you so much, Crystal. It was fun. Another fun episode. Thanks to our listeners. We appreciate you. Find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a fantastic week. Take care. Thank you.